Hello, Hyrock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the book of Exodus. And in particular, we've uh, taken a little bit of a slower pace going through the Ten Commandments, going one by one. And so now we are in Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, the Eighth Commandment, uh, do not steal. Exodus 20, 15, you must not steal. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, once again, just like you do, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal is another very short reference. Um, you know, with this command, I immediately think of a very uh, touching and I think powerful scene from the book and the movie, The Kite Runner. It's a story written by uh, an Afghan-American, uh, Khaled Hosseini. And uh, Baba, the father, is teaching his son at this one point, and he, he says this. I want to get this right. He says, there is only one sin, only one, and that is theft. Every other sin is a variation of theft. When you kill a man, you steal a life. You steal uh, When you steal a wife's right to a husband, rob his children of a father. When you tell a lie, you steal someone's right to the truth. When you cheat, you steal the right to fairness. And so, uh, and he's teaching his son this, this lesson. And I remember just really being struck by this reframing of all of these sins as, as theft. And it came back to mind immediately too, because a number of commentaries point out that a lot of early summaries of this um, command say that it really summarizes the second half of the Ten Commandments, all the laws relating to how we relate to one another, um, that you know, murder is stealing another person's life, uh, adultery is stealing another person's spouse, just like Baba says in um, The Kite Runner. And actually, uh, kind of expanding on this, the more expansive view of this idea of stealing, uh, early rabbinic tradition and a lot of modern rabbinic tradition actually uh, translates this as you shall not kidnap. And that's actually a valid translation of the word that's used here for stealing. And the, 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 the picture it creates is you shall not carry away. And carrying someone away would be kidnapping, carrying someone's property away. That would be stealing as, as we think of it. Uh, and this would be especially uh, important in a culture that had been slaves. And one of the most common ways that people became slaves in the ancient world was to be carried away, to be stolen, to be, to be kidnapped. Uh, another thing that I think about in uh, thinking about this command is that uh, when I was a police officer, I, I had a lot of opportunity to think about this. And one of the things that struck me about stealing is besides the actual taking away of someone's property and, and, and violating, you know, oftentimes uh, someone's person or someone's home in order to steal something is it really struck me how stealing also devalued the thing stolen. Uh, when I was in college, when I first uh, went to college, someone stole my bicycle. It was, you know, in the rack with all the other bikes and someone stole my bicycle in the first two weeks. And it really bummed me out because, uh, first of all, it had been a, a, a graduation from high school gift for me. It had been the the bike that I trained on and and raced in a number of triathlons. And so it took that away from me. And at school, we weren't allowed to have cars on uh, freshman year. And so this was actually my transportation as well. So it was a real uh, was a real burden upon me to have lost this bike and I didn't have the money uh, to replace it at the time. But to the other person who ever stole it, it was just a bike or maybe just some cash. And so there's this real sense in which uh, there's a devaluing of not just the other person's uh, dignity, but also uh, the value of the object as well. And I think beyond that, it also 
stealing robs you of of your dignity it, and it robs you perhaps of the motivation to do something better to solve your situation maybe it's a um your a situation where it robs you of your motivation or desperation to make something better of your life uh if it ends up with a criminal record it robs you of future opportunity uh someone in my family ended up with a felony on their record and I tell you, it was a real struggle to find any opportunities and to find someone who'd be willing to even give them a chance. And so here's a person in my family who went from uh, pursuing an advanced degree to being someone who ended up having to work in one of the trades. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was not what they were gearing towards. And it was the only opportunity that was available to this person. So, uh, and, and thank God for that. It was uh, someone off in their church offered this to them. And so really thankful for that. But at the same time, to think of all the things that you are losing in trying to gain this very small thing. And, and all of these things, I think stealing, it's really easy to just read this, you shall not steal. And like, yeah, 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 don't, don't, don't shoplift, don't steal, don't, don't take things that aren't yours. Um, but I think there's a lot more, more depth to it. And I think um, it, when we really think about it, it's something that it maybe ties to all these other commands and how we relate to each other, but it also refers to the tremendous loss of value that we have in connection to each other, connection to ourselves and our potential connection with God as well. So, so yeah, you shall not steal. Please don't steal. Dave, I'm wondering what you see here in this passage and in this commandment. You know, the thing that really jumps out at me right away is the fact that, I mean, this is clearly a, uh, a recognition of the legitimacy of ownership, right? Of private property. And I think that itself is not to be taken for granted. You know, we in the kind of capitalistic West, we, we might take it for granted. So doesn't everybody think that? But in fact, in the Christian tradition, many times there's been this um, uh, assertion, that especially in light of uh, passages like, you know, Acts uh, 242, for example, uh, Acts 4, right? Where the people are sharing everything in common, people sold houses and property and, and gave to those who had need. Um, there's been a suggestion that actually that Christian communities at the very least, in fact, maybe all communities ought to be really communist in nature, uh, where there is no private ownership. We all just kind of share and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and in fact, I think that while I understand that impulse, I think that actually is a gross misunderstanding that it is, has an important, it, like it matters, right? It, and one of the reasons it matters is this. If there is no private property, then there is no such thing as generosity. And in fact, what we're being called to is sacrificial love and generosity. But if I don't own anything, I can't sacrifice. And, and I think that, in fact, our world finds it so hard to imagine genuine generosity, right? sacrificial love, that then we can't really imagine the idea that, oh, there, that there would be private property that we would give. Generously, and I think that's it. That, that Jesus and and the apostles, you know, none of the, the the scriptures do not call for a lack of private ownership. They also don't call call for an absolute equality for everybody, right? This kind of you know equality of outcomes kind of thing. None of that is in the Bible, and in fact, even after Acts, right? So we see this kind of incredible, very countercultural generosity, this genuine sacrificial love in Acts chapters two and four. And yet we also see after that, right? Paul multiple times makes comments about stealing. He says, you know, the, the person that was Ephesians or maybe um, the person is, who's been stealing should steal no longer, but instead find something useful to do with his hands so that he might have something to share with those in need. And in fact, one reason for working, uh, you know, we think, well, if my needs are met, then I don't need to work. I think, what? Hold it. 
Who said that was the only reason to work? Yes. So meeting your needs, meeting your parents, uh, your your family's needs, right? Your family, your parents, your uh, your, uh, your your children, your your spouse. All of that are important reasons to work. But in fact, even if you're able to do all that, you think, well, I, you know, I've actually made so much money, I don't need to do that. Great. How about how about working so that you have something to give, right? Maybe that could be one of the gifts that you give. Uh, and so it, the understanding the idea of private ownership is something that's affirmed in the scriptures. Um, you know, and I'd love to think a little bit more about it, but there is something, you know, many of us have heard these news stories or, or talk to people, you know, we have a lot of high rockers who, uh, you know, used to live here in Boston area, but now live out in the uh, uh, San Francisco area. And they just talk about the, the rampant um, car theft, uh, you know, store theft, all that kind of stuff. And, and that a lot of people have started to, a lot of municipalities, San Francisco in particular, have said, okay, we're not going to prosecute crimes below a certain threshold. I think it's 950 bucks, $990, something like that. Um, and so you can steal whatever you want up to that point. And, uh, and that in fact, like this is supposed to be merciful, but I think this goes to what you were saying before about this robbing more than stuff that actually, I think this has really, um, I think this has hurt the entire community not just those who are being stolen from, but in fact, those who are stealing. Uh, it devalues the very nature of working and earning. Um, and, and so, I, you know, there's something more. I wish I had more time to think about it. Uh, but, but there's something about it that is fundamentally, I think, just offensive to us as moral people uh, that requires a death to something of our humanity, of our dignity, not only that we would tolerate being stolen from and that our neighbors would be stolen from, but that, that we would be doing the stealing. Uh, I, I think that we're doing a disservice to people by not saying you're better than this. And, and, and you know, we, we want more for you than this. Um, so anyway, that, that's what I'm thinking about in this, this short verse. Yeah. And I think if anyone who's had something of value stolen from them, like can understand the the sense of betrayal. I really think there is a, a, a sense of being, you know, one's person being violated. In the end, it ends up not being just property, but there's a, a sense of wanting to trust other people and to be at peace with other people and to be, you know, to have the freedom to be generous and to, you know, not have a jaded eye towards other people and and, and all of that. And, and, and to your point about um, uh, Acts chapter two, I think about uh, later on with Ananias and Sapphira, uh, Peter says to them, like, yeah. you, you were under no obligation to give this. You could have given part of it. You could have given all of it. You could have given none of it. Um, the, the problem wasn't the fact that they held some money back. The problem was that they, they lied to everybody because they were trying to look good. They were, so in a sense, they were in a, in a way they were trying to kind of steal glory from other people because other people were giving tremendous gifts, people like Barnabas and they wanted in on some of that. And so there was kind of this stolen glory aspect where they're going to pretend to give, but keep it for themselves. So it was in a way they were like stealing from the community uh, as well. And it was robbing everyone of dignity and robbing, it was, it was devaluing what other people were doing and uh, devaluing who they were as people as well. So I, I think it's bad all around. And uh, you know, it, it's interesting. And now just as, as you're talking, I think also about, uh, you know, as you're thinking, because there they're kind of like stealing uh, from the Holy Spirit in a sense. But I think, you know, that also reminds me um, of, uh, uh, gosh, is it Malachi? The, um, uh, you know, you've stolen, like, would you rob God? And mm -hmm. well, would you rob God? No, of course not. Uh, and well, hey, as you, you know, don't bring in my tithes, <laughs> you're, you are robbing from me. 
And, and God says, you know, you be faithful, you do your part and you see if I don't. Uh, and I actually feel like that for me is a big, God saying, see if I don't throw open the, the gates of the storehouses, right? And, and just flood you with blessing. Uh, and for me, actually, that is a big piece of the whole tithing sort of idea is what I'm doing is every time I tithe, I'm declaring to God, I trust you. I'm, I'm putting my trust in you, not in money. And God always has made good on that. Uh, and so, you know, that that, that has been something that is, um, uh, has been important. But I, I think that there is a way that when I hold back my tithe because I can't afford it, or I really, you know, I, I need to have a little extra buffer or whatever. When I do that, what I'm actually doing is, is I'm not just, hey, God, I'll pay you later it, or, or something like that. I'm not just ignoring God. I'm actually, in a sense, it's a repudiation that saying, I don't trust you. God. Right? But God says, you are robbing from me. You are stealing from me as, as we do that. Uh, so I think, wow, that's a really different perspective. Well, that's a, a lot to take in. And I think we've seen that in a very short verse. Once again, it's uh, the idea is far more expensive than just the few words on the page. And uh, Dave, I'm wondering if you'd uh, close this in prayer. I'd love to. Let's pray together. God, you are so incredibly generous to us where we have this tendency to want to trust in, in money or in possessions to give us life, to give us security, to give us safety. Lord, you alone are the only one who can do that. And we recognize that when we steal, we don't just sin against each other. Lord, actually, we steal, sin against you. Not only in our, that we've violated your direct commandment, but more importantly, that, we, that we've, we've demonstrated we don't trust you. That we... we we're suspicious of you. We don't think we can count on you. And we deny your love. We deny your power. We, we, we throw your credible sacrifices that you've made on our behalf back into your face and say, it's not enough. We can't count on you. God, we can count on you. We want to trust in you alone. And so whether we're tempted to cheat on our taxes or, or, or somehow shortchange something that we owe, whatever it is, or, or short change on our tithe, whatever it is. God, we, we recognize those temptations are temptations not to trust. And so, Lord, we want to trust in you. Give us, give us your Holy Spirit. Lord, speak to us. Invite us deeper into a relationship with intimacy and trust. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us again as we continue through Exodus. I hope you're able to continue, us, continue with us through the rest of this week. Go in peace.